Welcome to the Matt Sardo Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Sardo. This week, we are talking about Ted Lasso because season two just wrapped up and I have lots of questions. And the only person I want to talk to about Ted Lasso with is my best friend, James Wynn, calling in live from Chicago. I think he's in a car outside of Wrigley Field. James, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, but I guess I am about a, a mile and a half outside of Wrigley Field where no baseball is getting played. Uh, we're very disappointed about this. Uh, and it looks like our friends to the south are not going to be playing baseball either pretty soon. So, uh, yeah, Chicago is a sad city today. Whoa, whoa. Okay, the Bears won uh, emphatically against the Vegas Raiders, which is still hard to say. Um, I have a Ted Lasso question for you. Where is Coach Nagy on the Ted Lasso spectrum of coaches? Is he Ted Lasso, Coach Beard, Roy Kent, or Nate? Uh, so Matt Maggie has never been more Nate than he was today. Um, he, you know, Bill Lazor, Bill Lazor called the offensive plays and Matt Maggie had a choice. He could have been like, Hey, Hey, Bill Lazor, you, uh, you did a great job. Uh, I want to give you all kinds of credit. And he was just the shot in the arm we needed. Or uh, Matt Nagy could have been a bitter, small guy who wanted to take credit for everything and wanted to remind us that he was in charge because his ego kind of, uh, you know, because ego required it to be so. Um, at this point, Matt Nagy is so very much Nate. And, oh, my God, all of Chicago is tired of Nate. <laughs> See, I, I, I'm I, on the other hand with that. I, 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 I definitely think that Matt Nagy needs to work a little better with the media itself. Uh, I didn't listen to any of the post-game uh, uh, conference calls or anything like that. But, like, um, he, he has won more than he lost. You know, despite this, despite all of his deficiencies and everything else, there, um, I mean, it's. It, I, I guess we're at this weird. This isn't a Bears talk podcast, but like, um, you know, the Bears, the Bears turned the Raiders into the Bears today. You know, they couldn't get first downs. They were throwing interceptions. They were making bad calls and doing penalties and all this other stuff and calling timeouts because they couldn't get the game clock in time. So it was. It was refreshing to see another team look like the Bears at the end of the game. And so uh, I will give credit to the whole entire Bears organization, which includes Nagy, uh, because he did promote Sean Desai and, you know, he eventually gave uh, plays to Bill Lazor. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I definitely think he's definitely more of Nate uh, than any other character right now. Uh, I wish he was more of a Coach Beard or Ted Lasso as a CEO, um, but it, it's definitely the the Ted Lasso scale or spectrum for coaching in the NFL is is funny comparison. And as you know, like you and I, you're always like the the sunny side guy, and I'm always like the dark cloud guy. And I can tell you right now, like just like Nate, I would have fired him. Immediately. Uh, I, I don't, like, Nagy, his last press conference was basically, hey, I want to get credit, I'm in charge, I'm in charge. It was like that old Sarah skit where, like, Will Ferrell's like, I drive a Dodge Stratus. I will be respected. Like, no, dude, you know what? You're, you're, the play of your team will get you respect. Don't worry about it. And as far as the, the game today, I think it's more it's more impressive and it's more uh, explicit than ever 
that these guys are this is not a bad football team. This is a team they have David Montgomery, they have Justin Fields, they have some decent receivers. It's not I mean, they're not gonna it's not a world beater team, but they are certainly capable of of competing in this division and and frankly like this whole drama of who gets credit, who doesn't get credit. It's getting it's getting tiring and I think it's standing in the way of their success. This is James from uh Oakbrook calling into six seventy the score. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, terrible. All right, so let's focus let's focus on Ted Lasso. What did you right, what did right. what did you think of the first, of season two? I am so tired of people dissecting Ted Lasso. Can we just have a show that we all feel good about? Can we just have a thing that doesn't... I saw saw a medieval scholar who studied Latin try to tell me that Ted Lasso is related to a certain theme or a topic used in ancient medieval history. Okay, it's a guy from Kentucky who just wants to coach a soccer team. Right, Kansas. Come on. Kansas. He's from Kansas. <laughs> is he from? I thought he's from Kentucky. I thought the insult was he was from Kansas. Uh, um, I, th- I think I'm... I'm going to go with Kansas because they, he talks about barbecue in the first season. Well, it's a K-State. That's fine. That's fine. Um, <laughs> I, I definitely knew after watching season one and going into season two, because like, I basically told everybody you know, to watch this show that it was going to have more eyeballs on it. Um, but it, it was season one was perfect for the pandemic. You had all the negativity of last year. And then you had this like one little bright spot of Ted Lasso that was there. And and then season two immediately flips the script on the happiness aspect of Ted Lasso when they like when they say like football is death. You know, la- season one was football was life. Season two is football is death. Um and, and again, I, I love how you like you basically made me want to turn my podcast off right away. When you're like, I'm tired of people critiquing Ted Lasso. Um, but I, I think this is a show that uh, does so many things well. Whether you're talking about um, the writing of the different characters and the character arcs and, and, and the little jokes that are in the background. like The show is just so well written uh, for a multitude of reasons. Uh, my overall take on the season is is it was a lot of very good individual episodes. Uh, wasn't the most cohesive season, but that didn't really matter in the end to me anyway, because I just liked how well it was written. I, I again, I, and I, I have to admit, um, so Coach Beard, uh, his stepdad uh, is the guy who hangs out of my local bar in Chicago. So um, I I cannot say more about Coach Beard and how awesome he is and how awesome that character is. My whole thing is like, why is it so shocking that we have to, like, is the world such a terrible place that a nice little show comes along and we have to dissect it? We have to figure out, like, Oh, why? Why is this? Why does this make me feel good? It makes you feel good because the world is crap right now. We don't need to dissect it. We don't need to like disseminate our feelings about it or like look into the back and the past. Like it's just a nice little show about a guy who's a good guy, and oh my god, that's refreshing. I don't, I don't understand, like, why people, and I certainly don't understand the backlash of why people are so, 
consumed about the deeper meaning of this very, very nice show. Oh, well, there's there's lots of there's lots of elements to unpack in your statement right there. Um, the biggest thing for me is with Ted Lasso that I kind of like try to dissect is that season one, Jason Sudeikis put this together while his marriage was falling apart or had finished. And then season two is post-divorce. So I, I like to see where they went there. Like this is, this is a real person dealing with a real issue and you have this Ted Lasso character that he has to portray and his life is kind of unraveling in the background because he is a family man or he, he, you know, you've seen from interviews. I don't know him personally, um, but you've seen from interviews that he really loves his kids and all this other stuff. And, you know, but his marriage kind of fell apart. And then like his, his wife, ex-wife is now dating like a, a Jonas brother or whatever it is, you know, somebody, you know, 10 years younger than her. So, I mean, like there are, there's a lot of stuff that I've, you know, like I can, uh, that's tangible to me to kind of like hold on to, uh, that I see with this show. I mean, I, I actually, I, it's, it's funny because I always thought, um, if great British begging show is a love letter from the UK to us, Ted Lasso is our love letter back. Right. And I, I think the 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 Jason Sudeikis like, and and the Coach Lasso divorce storyline, and 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 the lines of like basically, yeah, life isn't always great, you know, but the belief in people are actually good people. Like, you notice that Ted Lasso's wife isn't a harpy; she's a nice woman. She's just trying to, like, look out for her kids. She's, like, she's maybe got this guy who, by the way, uh, I think we would all go crazy on Ted Lasso. Like, I would stab that guy if he was, if I had to live with him. Um, But you notice there are very, very few villains in this show. And with the exception of even Nate, who you kind of understand his arc, even though I personally, I hate a Nate with a fury of a thousand suns. Yes. Well, and again, this is me dissecting it because I have a podcast and I want to talk about Ted Lasso and I have, a, I have, I have, I have a guest that's like, stop dissecting this show. Um, but on so many different levels, and I use the, I use the word spectrum because it's like, we as a society, you know, the, the role of man or a man has changed or has evolved. You know, there's the Me Too movement. You know, like we've been schmucks for a very long time. Yep. We, yep. we have been schmucks. And so yep. what it means to be a man has evolved. And I think a show like Ted Lasso gives you that spectrum. You, you know, you don't have to be a certain type of man to be a good man. You can be a Ted Lasso. You could be a Coach Beard. You could be a Roy Kent. You could be a Sam, you know, or an Isaac. You know, like there's all these different people that, you know, so you, we're not putting, they're not putting men in a box and saying like, hey, you have to act this way in this new world or this, you know, and society now. Like there are several different people and examples, good examples of people that you can emulate. And I think that is healthy for us and I, I you don't get that that much anymore for for men like i literally i think this is just like ted lasso is therapy for men i mean i understand that but what i'm saying is like there've always been good guys like i love how like everybody like Oh, like, Ted Lasso is this phenomena, right? Like, Roy Kent is this phenomena. Like, oh, can you be masculine yet also, like, kind or not a douchebag? Of course you can. It's it's this, like, cosmopolitan magazine constructing bullshit that says, like, 
why can't masculinity be hand in hand with kindness? Why can't it be? I mean, when we look at our own fathers, we look at our own uncles, like our favorite uncles, our favorite big brothers, our favorite fathers are the guys who pick us up when we lost, you know, they, they dust us off. They're like, Hey, you know, it's not that bad. You know, you can fail once in a while or you can, you can, you know, be look stupid or you can, you know, some girls are not going to like you. And those guys are also the ones that say like, Hey, you know, for the Keeleys in our life, so to speak, like, you know, you, these, these women are, are, special they're they're generous they're kind and they deserve our respect that shit's been along that shit's been around forever i think my problem is is like somebody comes along and makes a show about it and it it's so novel because we've been inundated with such negativity and trolling for the last few years that, like, it's just refreshing to see guys and women that aren't dicks. Well, again, I mean, it's been longer than longer than that. I mean, like, I've I've been saying this for a long time that like society is more prepared for a, a Walking Dead universe than a Star Trek universe. Oh my God! Right. So like that's that that's that's we've been in this negative mode. I mean, probably since nine eleven. I feel like if we're gonna go deep and and dissect and actually talk about stuff and analyze things, James. <laughs> Are you really playing the nine eleven card? Are you really doing that? I mean, if we're gonna talk about when there was a break in like optimism, I guess for our generation. That's probably where the break happened, you know, because our generation kind of had it like easy street for a very long time. You know, like, I mean, I think maybe the only other iconic huge thing was like the space shuttle explosion where like our, our generational innocence was destroyed, you know. I hate you. You're right. (laughs) I hate that you're right so much. Um, you're right, because, like, as of 9-11, I remember that day, and I know that you probably have a lot of listeners who maybe were younger. It was us versus them. It was, I remember how pissed off I was on that day, and I wanted payback, and I wanted it for real. Um, And I think you're right. I think, like, we... We ended up with a lot of, like, we're going to separate the good guys from the bad guys, and the bad guys we're going to punish the hell out of. Um, to the point where, like, I think we've gotten so stratified or we've gotten so, like, polarized that, like, we can't see. And I'm not saying that, like, uh fucking, you know, Osama bin Laden had a point of view because fuck that guy. But we've gotten to the point where we're so polarized where we can't even, you know, you're either you're either on my side, which is God's side and America's side, or you're on the other side, which hates America and hates everybody and, you know, is communist. And, and, you know, just just the worst kind of people. Uh, I completely agree with what you're saying. But I think that, like, and I think that's why, honestly, Ted Lasso resonates so much. Because it's like, hey, there's good guys, there's bad guys, there's good women, there's bad women. And, you know, hey, we're all just trying to get along here. I mean, the positive, the positive side of me is like, maybe we are turning a corner, you know, like an error has ended and we're starting to get into a new era of, I guess, entertainment or media, like where we're not, I'm trying to think of all my like media that I've consumed and 
They were all like drunk, broken detectives. <laughs> you know, all the stuff, all the stuff that I really enjoyed was drunk, broken detectives. And so now like you have something like Ted Lasso and you're like, or like a Shit's Creek where it's a little bit more wholesome. And, and, and just so everybody knows, like Margo went, my wife, Margo went through Shit's Creek, the whole, you know, the whole seasons, everything like that. And then like, she was looking for a new show and then I saw Ted Lasso and I watched like the first episode and I was like, holy shit, Ted Lasso could be in the Schitt's Creek universe. It's that type of show. It's kind of wholesome. It's kind of funny, but still edgy kind of thing and stuff like that. So, I mean, like, um, so there, there's two shows now of just, you know, people being people and being nice people, I guess, you know, and, and, and going through experiences. And so maybe we're, maybe we're turning a corner on, on, the shows that people are writing or the optimism of the universe and stuff like that. I, I hope so. I, and personally, there's a lot of money to be made, right? There's whether you're an MSNBC or Fox person, there's a lot, lot of money to be made. And, and we have broken down the, the, the barriers of truth versus you know uh you know the 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 pure consumerism right like i went to journalism school in 19 early 90s right and i got an f once because i forgot to put the apostrophe in mcdonald's i was writing a story about mcdonald's and i think somebody went to mcdonald's or whatever but I forgot to put the possessive in McDonald's, and that was a big deal, and I got failed on that. And you know what? I should have been failed on that. And nowadays you, you see, like, mainstream media, and I hate, to, I hate to call out the media because it's everybody's favorite scapegoat, but you, you see people don't, care anymore and everybody kind of loses their faith they lose they lose their confidence and that opens it up for the people calling fake news and saying you know well i listen to these people but i don't listen to these people and there are no facts anymore i i honestly i think ted lasso and again i hate it because it's just a nice little show but it really is a reaction to all of the nastiness, all of the just bullshit that we have to listen to, and all of the negative negativity that we have to listen to. And I've been I've been waiting for this. I, I mean, like it's the, it's it's one of those things that I talked about a long time ago that I was like, okay, um, you know, what will be the? And I don't want this to be political too much because I'm kind of just done with that side, but like. What will be the artistic expression that comes as a reaction to like Trump in office? And, you know, will there be kind of like shock art and, and just people kind of breaking the mold kind of thing, which you've kind of saw with like uh, Reagan, but Reagan had eight years. I don't think like, you know, there wasn't there. There was some shock art when Trump was in office, but it, it didn't. You know, we're all fractured, so I don't think it resonated as much and stuff like that. But um, I, I'm, I'm glad that, like, I hope that Ted Lasso is the reaction from what we've been going through. Because, like, it's a good reaction. <laughs> I mean, I will say right now that, you know, and for people listening, you know, if it's not completely clear, uh, Matt and I are dads. Right? Like, we are the Gen X dads. And I think for us, like, I don't want to raise my kid, and my my kid's older than Matt's kids, but, and I don't, you know, I don't want to, and, and I adore Matt's children, they're like my children. I don't want to raise my kids in this environment where everything is so hostile, everything is so adversarial, nobody can ever be nice to each other. 
You know, I mean, like, who who wants that? Like, do we really want that sort of, I don't know, like if you drive down the street and you see a guy with a bumper sticker on his truck that says basically, hey, fuck you, um, you know, like, what kind of attitude is that? What's that putting out in the world? I think that's why shows like Ted Lasso are so popular. The Christmas episode uh, made me want to be Higgins when he had like all the all the players over his house and like it just the the Christmas table feast just kept growing and growing and growing and like you saw uh, you saw that growth through season one where he wasn't part of the team. And then Ted has kind of inserted him as part of the team and then he was part of the Diamond Dogs. And then, like, he is rewarded at Christmas time when all the players come over to his house because they're like, this is the guy we want to be hanging out with. He's kind of, he used to be a punchline, but, like, now he's, like, our friend and, like, and we want to appreciate him and stuff. So I really, like, connected with that whole Christmas Christmas episode, that aspect of it, where, like, Higgins was like, oh shit, we have the whole entire football team here. What are we going to do? You know, I thought it was cool. Yeah, I, I, I mean, that's the great thing about the show, right? It's like, there are no sort of good guys and bad guys. Even Nate, who, by the way, I want to punch in the face, like Jeffrey from Game of Thrones. Um, so kudos to the actor, by the way, who does a great job. Um, but even him, you could see his arc, you know, he could see like what he's going through. You can see like what kind of turned him into a jerk. There's a, there's a great anecdote. And I actually shared it with my wife last night. We were watching the season finale of Ted Lasso and I, you know, Bill Murray actually said this said this about Chevy Chase. And he's like, this business makes everybody an asshole. Whether you can stop it or whether you can get out of it is a different matter. And I think that is a great encapsulation of the Nate character. And what a great job by that actor. Because he has... I mean, he's taken us from the beginning of the season, first season, where we just loved him, and he was this cute, cuddly little guy, to being, oh, my God, I want to punch this guy in the face. Um, I, I honestly, like, it's such a brilliant show because it does show that, like, hey, we're all struggling, and, and this is very difficult but it kind of gives that humanity as well of like, we're all trying our best. And you know, at the end of the day, nobody's, nobody's terrible. Except of course, for Rupert, who is awful. Miserable, miserable human being. Our our character, Uh, Nick Muhammad is uh, Nathan who plays Nathan Shelley. Uh, I I definitely want to understand what's, what, what was the catalyst of the gray hair thing? Um, but I, I, I need to find out what, who, who the writer was that decided that uh, Nate needed to spit because I don't know I don't, I don't know uh, what reaction like that does to me, but it like it turns my gut every time he spits and it's just it's just it's just pure vitriol and nastiness and it, I just it really resonates so much with me in a negative way I, I like I, I want to give kudos to that writer because like whoever decided that Nathan need to spit like it creates such a reaction in me and makes me so angry oh I was like I I turned to my wife and as soon as like you know Trent Crim the independent uh it said you know it was nate i would like i'd fired his ass i'd have fired his ass immediately um you're right i mean like the, the the credit to the writing and and that 
that his his just ability to 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 really evoke that kind of emotion, like just brilliant, just absolutely brilliant. Um, I'm still pissed off at him. Um, I just honestly like. And this is where I'm going to get into a little bit of a um, personal diatribe. Uh, so my son plays high school football, and I, probably three games this year, I have found, I have seen these kids just be awful to each other. And think that's what masculinity is. That's what sports is. It wasn't the respect of, you know, Muhammad Ali and George Foreman, you know, hugging each other after a tough battle. It's it's these, you know, these kids who are who are taunting each other and beating each other up and playing dirty uh, in this zero sum game that we've we've seemed to create for ourselves. Uh, you know, I, I, today I was watching Nebraska versus Michigan and, you know, at the end of the game, by the way, Michigan won, sorry, hope I didn't spoil anything, but I hate Nebraska, but at the end of the game, this defensive back for Michigan breaks up a pass and stares the Nebraska receiver down and talks shit to his face. And I'm just like, you know what? If that was my kid, I'd pull him off the field immediately. Like, I think the other thing that that people are reacting to in Ted Lasso is this idea of like, hey, at the end of the day, it's not all about winner takes all. It's about who you are at the end of the day, win or lose, who are you? Yeah, this this season was was all about like every person trying to find themselves, whether it was yep. Ted Lasso going to therapy, Keely finding her job, Sam, uh, Jamie. I'm looking at everybody on it. Rebecca, uh, Coach Beard found himself, Nathan found himself, Roy. Um, did you? I don't know if you caught this, but in the first episode. Rebecca breaks up with her boyfriend and gives like the speech that she has to find herself and stuff. And then in the season finale, Sam gives basically the same exact speech to Rebecca that he has to find himself. It was a very bookendishness of of people trying to find themselves. At whatever age you are, you're still trying to search for your personal happiness. Yeah, I, you know, I, I kind of hated the Sam and Rebecca storyline. Um, Tell me more. It's so sexist. It's so, like, and I understand the backlash. It's, it's just, um, full disclosure, uh, I, my wife, uh, worked for me, so, you know, I'm a terrible person, um, but I just thought if it were, and I read this a lot, if it were, if the situation were reversed, and if it were a sort of middle-aged uh, male owner of a football club, sort of you know getting involved with a you know an athlete, I you know would would people have taken it the same way? I honestly thought that, like, I lost a lot of respect for Rebecca. Um, I thought, you know, she probably, like, could have, you know, said, hey, Sam, like, yes, I absolutely, you're a, you're a good-looking dude, you're 22 years old, you're in great shape, um, you're poetic, you're smart as hell, but, uh, you know, I'm your boss. And I am not going to take advantage of you like that. And I am not going to be perceived to take advantage of you like that. Because, honestly, like, that could destroy Sam's career. Right? Like, it's up to Rebecca to know 
what the media would do to that. Um, and I was, I was not a fan of that storyline. Um, and I think, honestly, like, you know, if there's one critique I could say about Ted Lasso is it, it leans into the rom-com a little too much. Um, and it, we don't need it. We absolutely don't need it. It's a brilliant show. Okay, so Sam and Rebecca, they talked for a very long time virtually to get, I yeah. guess, a pseudo get to know each other. And so you could also see that there was conflict with Rebecca coming into this, um, you know, but then she did kind of, just, she did end up sleeping with Sam. But then Sam comes back and tells her, like, hey, I need to be my own person kind of thing. So I, I, I'm definitely, there was a, there was a, a red herring where it made it look like Ted was the person that was texting Rebecca. And I was like, thank God it wasn't Ted and Rebecca texting each other. Cause that would have been horrible. Um, so I was more relieved when it turned out to be Sam uh, with that. So I don't know if that's me saying I appreciated what it was because it could have been worse, but I'm not really saying that, but you know, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to look at everything as a whole, like as it now that all the pieces have connected, like, you know, you needed banter for, to be successful. So Keely could move on with her life. I'm trying to think of what else that kind of the Sam and uh, Rebecca relationship kind of spawned off of, kind of thing, you know, because then you had the guy come over from from Africa to kind of woo Sam, and I'm trying to think, and then you, if that decision influ influenced things and going from there, uh, I'm going to have to think about it, and I'm also going to have to, like, rewatch the season. Like, I probably watched the first season of Ted Lasso four times, and where I think I've only watched, like, this the first episode like three times and I've kind of watched the rest of the episodes singularly. So I will definitely see more uh, in the season. Are you running out of gas in your car, sir? No, no, no. My, my car doesn't like it if I don't uh, drive around for a while. <laughs> uh, so would you say season two of Ted Lasso was Empire Strikes Back? Well, before we get into that, I did want to say that, like, I don't think, and this is a, this is a, again, this is, like, Coach Beard goes to the bar in my neighborhood, right? Like, it's a brilliant show. They've won 20 Emmys, so they don't need to know anything about what I think, but... I do believe, like, the rom-com and I, you know, the rom-communism, so to speak, mm -hmm. uh, I don't think they need it. I don't, like, yeah, I love to see Keely and Roy Kent's relationship, but quite honestly, like, you know, between the, the, the soccer and the personalities, I don't really need... To know, like, I don't need people getting together in a sort of friends, Sam and Diane, are they going to do it, are they not going to do it? Like, I don't care. Like, it cheapens the show. But, you were about to ask me, Empire. Oh, man, I really want to go back to cheapening the show. But, I mean, like, it's a, it's a personal preference. It's definitely a personal preference. Um you know, you definitely you you have you have Roy Kent, you have the you have the love triangle of Roy Kent, Keely Jones, and Jamie Tart, and so then you had Rebecca always looking for love in all the wrong places. You have Ted Lasso, uh, he's recently divorced. Coach Beard is in crazy town relationship, and then Higgins has, I guess, the healthiest relationship with his wife and twenty two kids. You know, so you have like. That, you have that dynamic. So I, I don't know. I think it's good to show relation again, like how, how the show shows men at different spectrums. It also shows relationships at different spectrums. 
and and I guess it shows it in a healthy way, or at least shows the consequences sort of of things. You know, like the whole time when they had that conversation of should Higgins have a conversation with Coach Beard about his girlfriend being an unhealthy relationship? Like I, that was a conversation that you and I and Jay and Paulo and Hoffman, all of us turds would have about. Oh my God. You know, and we're like, should we tell him? Should we not tell him? Like, I feel like you guys might've had that conversation about some of my exes and you probably should have told me. <laughs> well, the one who punched me in the stomach. You'll, you'll never live that one down. You'll never live that one down. No, no. I, I'm still mad about that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Like, that's my thing about Ted Lasso is, like, every guy who needs that example is already there. And every guy who, like, could benefit from that is not going to listen anyway. Like, do I have to convince that Jay and Paolo that they should be decent to women? Like, of course not. That they should be respectful? No. But the guy in, you know, the, the, the regular guy who's, like, rude and, and a bully and, and... Okay, I'm going to cut you off real quick. Because I'm going to... Okay. What I'm, what I'm going to say is... So, we don't need this as a life lesson. But a show like this makes it so we don't seem like the crazy person trying to be a good person this kind of like reaffirms like what we already believe in kind of thing and it and and honestly with all the craziness going on in the world like just thinking about me living in florida wearing a mask with my kids and wearing masks and everybody else not wearing masks and like i feel like the crazy guy in florida because i'm trying to protect my family so like having a show like ted lasso where you're like oh these people are nice um, it's not crazy to be nice, you know, like it's reaffirming and maybe a few people might pick up the show and be like, Oh, this is really cool. And I can't believe how these guys dealt with, I don't know. Yeah. There's basically the bros are not going to like deep, dig deep into this, but like it's reaffirming for us. Is it the West wing of UK soccer? Is it basically, remember, like, remember back in the day when, well, you know, some of you may remember, you know, where, you know, it was the Bush administration, everything sucked, and, and people were lying to get us into war, and then you had the West Wing, and it was nice, and, like, wouldn't it be great if everything was like this? Is this the West Wing of interpersonal relationships? <sighs> Man. That's that's good. That's good. I uh, I might have to think about that one for a little bit. I mean, because the West Wing is good. West Wing is so good. Right? <laughs> like, who didn't want to live in the world with Toby? Yeah, but there was rom-coms in West Wing, too. Hey, absolutely. I mean, come on. Who didn't have a crush on Alice and Janie? Oh, that's where you would have went? Oh, Really? The press secretary, the tall press secretary, <laughs> absolutely. Oh man! All right, let's look at our list because I don't want to. I don't want to bore our, our listeners uh, to right, death. But right. what, what do we? What do I feel like we need to cover? Left because we covered a lot, and I don't. I want to say we covered a lot, but we didn't cover anything on my list that we talked about. <laughs> Dune. Uh, October 22nd, Dune. Yes. Uh, I'm actually going to a press screening tomorrow to see that. And that'll be... Oh, a, you're such a bastard. This, is, this, this will be the first time I go to a movie theater. Since God knows how long. Probably Endgame? I think the last movie I saw in a movie theater was Avengers Endgame. You're kidding me. Yeah, because I was like... I think like Endgame happened and the pandemic happened. I think that's, I'll have to look at the timeline. Um, but, uh, and the only reason I'm going is because it's a press screening and there's about, there's only gonna be like 15 people in 
the the theater and I can have my mask and I can sit away from everybody and I can just be like, listen, stay away from me because I don't want to become a zombie. Um, but no, okay, so I, I I think I already heard this before season two that season three was going to be the finale anyway. Um, there was only going to be three seasons of Ted Lasso. That's the way they wrote it. Um, so now you're at this this Empire Strikes Back moment of season two. I, I'm thinking that season three ends with Ted Lasso back in Kansas, like knocking on the door to see his kid. Because when Nate like calls him out and goes like, hey, you're this great person, but you're not with your kid. How can you be a great, how can you be the great Ted Lasso when you're a shitty dad? Well, first of all, I have never wanted to punch another man in the face <laughs> more than I have wanted to punch that motherfucker in the face. And like, kudos to that actor because Nick Mohammed, like, oh my God, Nick Mohammed. You, my friend, are brilliant. Because with the exception of the dude in the Game of Thrones, the kid, King Joffrey, I have never hated a character more. Um, I, I don't think, well, first of all, like, they're, they're going to keep, they're going to keep making this show as long as the money is there, right? Like, they're not going to, they're not going to stop. That's not that's not what Apple TV wants to do. That's not what the stock market wants them to do. I would say they're going to have to find new... They're going to have to find new narrative devices. They're going to have to find new, like, plot devices. And unfortunately, I think the show is probably going to not be as good. And that's why, like, I understand why Jason Sudeikis is like, hey, I only want to do this for three years or three seasons. Because at the end of the day, it's like they're going to go more rom com and less sort of what... what okay, let's cut, let's, all great. let's cut you off on that because you're being a little negative right now. We're only talking... Oh, about, come on. We're only talking about season three. We're not talking about the future. Because what, what Apple couldn't do is they could give Jason Sudeikis a shit ton of money to develop other shows. And so he could like do Ted Lasso for three seasons and be like, okay, this is the next Ted Lasso or the next show that I'm going to do, which could hit on different notes and stuff like that. People have created more than one show, um, but let's focus on season three. What do you, what do you think is going to happen? Are you talking to me like I'm a toddler? No, because I would get lower. I would you get, are. I would get really low. <laughs> <laughs> and I would be like, listen, I will give you this Skittle if you talk about season three. Do you want this Skittle? Okay, talk about season three. I want the Skittle. <laughs> I want the Skittle. Um, I, I, I would love, like, I'm worried that it's setting up to be Rupert and Nate versus, like, bad guys versus good guys, right? And I always thought that was the weakness of the Rupert character, in which everybody else is kind of like, even Jamie Tart or Roy Kent or Keeley, like... They all they all had like their flaws, right? They're like real ass people. Whereas now, season three, you've got the setup of okay, we got Nate, we got Rupert. Now, like we got the good guys against the bad guys, the jocks against the slubs, and I'm just worried that that they'll take something special and make it cliche. Now. Would I love to see Jason Sudeikis be the John Favreau of of Apple TV? Absolutely. Um, and do I? I think he has the talent to do it. But 
but I am afraid, like, if you if you drag this this show out further, then you're gonna you're gonna lean into traditional tropes. Okay, so a few things here to unpack, and I, I love having you on as a guest because you're gonna be on as a guest more often. Because like you say stuff, and then I have so much to unpack from what you just said. Like it's perfect for me to talk. Okay. The you one, just want to tell me I'm wrong. No, I'm not gonna tell you're wrong. Um, I, I, I <laughs> what I'm from what what I'm hearing from you and what I'm visualizing, I'm gonna see something. I think I think they're gonna do something that's going to aggravate people because just like Nate spitting aggravated me, but it will make sense. Because in the world of soccer, you have wins, losses, and ties. And I think you're going to get to that, like, climactic scene with, like, Rupert versus Ted or Rupert versus Rebecca. And, like, you're going to end up in a tie because, like, soccer, football is life. And sometimes life is a tie or people don't win. I... I think you're very astute on that, by the way. Like, they have played with the idea of ties because they're so anathema to the American experience, right? Right. And, and like, the last season ended with a tie, and this season... No, last season... Last season ended with loss. Well, last season was lost, but remember, like... They were playing for the tie. forward to a tie. Yeah, yeah. And this season ended with a tie. Spoiler alert. Um, I guess, although spoiler alert doesn't work if you tell people that it's spoiler alert after you spoil it. But anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Sorry, people. Um, and I love the idea because a tie kind of it kind of goes against, and it it, it it goes against like what Americans think, right? When Ted Lasso says we don't do ties, right? Like ties, we don't we don't understand ties. We can have ties. I think that that the whole idea of the show is ties. Yeah. Right? Like, like the whole idea is, like, I don't have to lose for you to win. I, you don't have to lose for me to win. And I think that's what, uh, hey, it's an ambulance. We're in Chicago. How you doing, folks? Um, Are you on fire? I, I, you know, hey, I like to lead an exciting life. <laughs> um, I think that's what... Nate doesn't get, quite frankly. He doesn't get the fact that, hey, you can succeed and I can succeed and everybody can succeed and everything's great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I read it in a Vulture article where, like, Nate doesn't realize that him succeeding um, can, can exist on its own. Like, Nate, Nate thinks that su- success... Is him elevating himself by somebody else getting pushed down? And yeah, I, I, I don't, and you know, like as much as I hate that little bastard, like I understand, like his ego is so paramount, and he's so desperate for credit. Because yeah. we've known people like that. We've known very smart people who just turn out to be bitter. But I, I don't like... I don't want to see him turned into a villain. Because he's not a villain. He's just a regular-ass guy. Right. That's what. That's why, like, one, I'm, 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 I'm trying to figure out, like... One, my questions are, if I can have... If I can talk to a writer right now, is my question is, like... Why did his hair turn gray? Because that has to mean something. Uh, and it's, it was a slow progression from the first episode to the last episode. And, and then in the final scene, his hair is like all gray. So um, 
I, I really want to know what that means. Um, but then also, I'm really excited to see what they do with him. Like, what is that story arc? If we are going to go, like, um, Star Wars and... Do you have a body in your car? What is going on? <laughs> I'm running over freaking... Sorry, we don't we don't take care of our roads here in Chicago. Alright, so I'm I'm excited to see where uh, Nate's arc goes. Because if this was Empire Strikes Back up season and next season's Return of the Jedi, he will have a redemption arc in there. And so I'm interested to see how that goes. Is it really quick? You know, does he come back or does he like learn on his own and become his own man? Like what is the, how is I, out of all of the people on the list that I'm looking at on IMDb of all the characters, I'm most excited to see where Nate ends up at the end of episode, at, at the end of season three. See, you think he's a redeemable character. I don't know. I do not. I think they are going to be, they're going to make this a very sort of good guys, bad guys, the snobs against the slobs. Oh, you th- and I'm not looking forward to it. See, I, and I, I, and I'm a bitter person. I completely. Okay. So you've said season one and season two are well-written. Why do you think season three is not going to be well-written? Uh, because of the pressure from the studio, Apple TV. I mean, like, it's the same reason that Sony couldn't fucking get Spider-Man right for three movies, right? It's, it's, you get so many voices in the room, whereas, like, Jason Sudeikis, he wrote this lovely, lovely little show, and, you know... And now, like, everybody's got a voice in it because, like, it's getting... I read an article today. Somebody's, like, talking about the medieval aspects of Ted Lasso. Like, the theme of this Latin theme. And I'm like, it's a show about a soccer player, man. Come on. Um, okay. I I have more faith in... If, if Ted Lasso has taught me anything, it's to have faith in humanity a little bit. So um, you might need to bring some of that over to the table because apparently your faith in humanity is zero. Um, but I think you've established. That- okay, we're both Bears fans, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which one of us thinks the Bears are going to go to the Super Bowl every year? Not me, my friend. Right. So we are we so we are a good foil to each other because you are oh man. <laughs> Who's which one are you uh you're you're I'm Walter Matthau and you're the other guy in the odd couple. Jack Lemon. <laughs> oh, so I'm Oscar. Yeah, you're Oscar. You're Felix. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I think both of our wives are going to leave us. Uh, yeah, and then we'll be grumpy old men in the middle of nowhere exactly. ice fishing. <laughs> Hi, James. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. How can people find you on Twitter? What is your handle on Twitter? My handle is supervillain, uh, at supervillain with two O's, so misspelled, of course, because that's me. Um... S-O-O-P-E-R villain. Um, I love to hear from everybody and uh, tell me how wrong I desperately am and how the Cubs are going to be awful and the Bears are terrible. (laughs) Hi, guys. (laughs) If you uh, have feelings about Ted Lasso, uh, you can chime at us uh, on Twitter. I'm at Matthew Sardo. Uh, this podcast is on Spotify and Anchor and iTunes. You can leave a comment or review or you can Instagram or whatever you want to do. All the social platforms are kind of there for you to comment or chime in. I would love to hear from you. Uh, The next episode is going to be tomorrow night, uh, Monday night. I'm going to go see 
Dune, and then I'm going to review Dune in my car because if I don't, I won't have time to do it, and I will put that up Monday night. This episode is going to go up Sunday night, which is right now, the Bears one, so it's going to be a victory Monday for us. Uh, then we got Dune. Um, yeah, I think that's what else we got going on, and then I think I might talk to a couple comic artists coming into the future, but uh, this is the Mansardo Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and enjoy your week.